This is Almost 107, a Fanshawe College Journalism student podcast. Get real. In the last few years of 2020, cyber attacks have become more rampant. Hackers have been holding companies against their will for a variety of reasons or have plainly invaded their servers to leak private information or secret projects. Hello and welcome to Almost 107. I'm your host, Konstantinos Drosos, and today we'll be talking about cybersecurity and hacking and breaking down the mentality behind hackers and their motives for these attacks. Today we are welcomed by Mansoor Alkani, the Program Coordinator of Cybersecurity here at Fanshawe. Mansoor has been involved in some of these attacks before and outlines what these hackers are actually after. A lot of these cyber attacks that have been going on in the past year or so, a lot of them have involved, aside from companies and corporations, right? Um, they've been going after like, you know, small municipalities outside of of big cities in Ontario and for big cities itself. Why are hackers now choosing them for for money as a way as a means to get money? What do cities have that they want so bad as well? Like, well, it's it's not about the city what they have. Again, you think about what they are doing. So what, when you go to a small town and you will find a big company or a small town, you had their library, their clinics, their hospital. It's all about what that company does have. It, because it's a small and they do not spend more small those companies, they do not spend more money to invest into a cybersecurity to protect their system. So they are very, very vulnerable. My client in Stratoloid is a small company, five employees. They got hacked ransomware and they asked for 75 grand. They gave me 75,000. Bitcoin, and they said, hey, this is just one key. We would like other keys. Um, it's going to cost you two more keys to open. So those people are not trustworthy. So, for example, if they hacked your system and ethical, and they asked you for money and you pay them, it's illegal. You cannot pay them. It's illegal if you pay them. If you pay them, do you think they will release the data which they compromise without your permission? So when you pay them, they will say, hey, this is not enough. We need you two more keys. And you pay X more and more. And at the last minute, they will say, hey, we reevaluate your data and it's more valuable. So we're not going to release it until you pay extra. So they are not going to, you pay and you just get it right away. Um, so they, they attack those small towns because those small towns did not spend or small companies or in small areas because they did not invest or spend more money into cyber security. They're yeah. like, they look at them, they targeted those small companies because they are just in small municipal area. They're not going to attack a big company. They're, for example, they're not going to attack the hydro in London or Fanshawe. They will know this is a big company. They invest more money into their uh, cyber security team and their security than they invest to hire somebody for an HR. So this is uh, why, because they will know it's an endless time. They will spend their entire time, week, years, they were not able to get into the system. So that's why they take it a little bit longer. And they go, They we call it when you come to another attack or some security, we, there's something called footprinting. You have to go and do a reconnaissance. 
and reconnaissance basically is you go and you try to find vulnerability, find the company, find the information about them. And from one hour, two hours, you will immediately identify, can you do it or can't you do it? And that's when it comes to a lot of people, they will say, hey, I want to do revenge to this company for some reasons, etc. So um, that's why they target those small companies because they are vulnerable. Uh, they have no security, so they attack them. Right. And right before I move into the topic of AI, because that's become so prevalent in today's I'd, I'd say as recently as as, to, as late mid mid 2023, you brought up the point about Bitcoin. And for the rest of our listeners who don't know what Bitcoin is, why do hackers see there's more value in Bitcoin than there would be regular cash? It's not more valuable. It's traceable. They are not going to ask you for cash. So, for example, somebody wanted to cash from you. Let's say they ransomed your company, a cyber attack, and they asked you to pay two million. Okay. How can you pay them $2 million? Wire, you're going to send it wire to them. It's all trade from a bank to a bank to a bank to an individual who use these. So they can't, they can't use this money. It would be useless. If it's been paid cash, send cash, or you can't send cash money that amount. So what they will do Bitcoin because it's traceable. You go, you buy coins, and you send it to them because nobody can trace them. And that was, was the point of Bitcoin. I am not a fan of Bitcoins. Maybe you've seen a lot of people which they say, hey, Bitcoin. Bitcoin basically is it's about the worst of it is how many people put in. It doesn't increase Bitcoin. There is no market for it. It's not like the stock market. Bitcoin is, I put a dollar, you put a dollar. Now it's Bitcoin, it's $2. I drain the $2, then you are you lost. You have nothing in it. You right. see? That's how it's been increasing. It's just you basically taking somebody else's money from there. Um, there is no um, uh, an idea what it is from, but it just, again, um, it's been calculated to just kind to trace this money. So that's why hackers, they use it, can't be traced to the money to Bitcoin. And again, if Bitcoin is a part of AI, it's um, um, chains of algorithm it runs and calculates what are those coins are and each company is now you know um there are a couple of companies right in the past where they had um uh, a called they created their own currency and they put their currency on a visa they said hey take this visa go spend money on it this is your currency this is our bank it's actually a bitcoin there is no such you can't link it now Tesla start using, you could you spend your bitcoins to buy a Tesla, to buy a car. But again, it's, it's untraceable. Anybody could um, lose their money if they invest something on that. That's my opinion because I do know how, I, I studied this subject during my master's and I know AI and artificial intelligence and machine learning, how it works. I want to dive more into that with AI and stuff and it's crazy because now there's open source AI programs that are out there for people to use and whatnot. And it's scary because when you talk to one of these things, when I first spoke and tried out ChatGPT for the first time, it was scary how more intelligent that program was compared to like Siri, which has been around for 10 years. Are hackers now utilizing AI to help them in their malware and their cyber, their cyber schemes? And how are they using it? To be honest with you, um, 
cybersecurity existed years and years ago. It just it used to call information security. They just give, gave it a lavish, a sexier name, and they called it cybersecurity. Exactly the same thing for machine artificial intelligence. What do you think was the name of it? It existed long time ago, for at least 20-30 years. It existed. They called it quantum computing. Right. So quantum computing, like hackers, used this AI. We call it. Maybe you've heard about like NetBot, those little bots that goes online and infect your computer and right. spoof your IP address and hack somebody else, and they they got caught. They would say, "Hey, your computer," and said, "No, I I'm, I don't know how to do it. It's just somebody else used your phone by those botnet." Um, so that has been used and improved to the blockchain, to bitcoins and everything, to multiple algorithms, and it's been used now. So it's the threat. Like I, I, I say to my students, use it. Don't, don't think AI to let, let it to do your job. It's for, the idea is to enhance your work, learn from it, um, do something with it, learn how to do it. In the past, when we do, for example, like we do malware analysis, like when a virus came in, we analyze the virus because you get the executable file. You get a code, a file that just you click on it and run. You don't know what it, the code looks like. So what we need to do is to understand what the code is doing. Like for example, when you hit with a ransomware virus, we that's how we study the the virus. So we do something called reverse engineer. So when we reverse engineer something, that means you try to bring it back to its original format. So you go back. There are multiple tools which we use to show you the actual code or replicate similar to the code how it's been written. Right. And you will see where is that code actually is affecting your application. Where is it? Is it gonna um, lock all your data? Is it gonna just go and endormant? And that's most of the things when if you, some of those most companies, like for example, as your previous question, how do you know those companies are affected? And that's the problem. Uh, you might got a, your computer or one of your employees got infected today, but the virus stays in, in dormant until three, four months and will be activated just to prevent any suspicion into the system. Or to the IT auditor, if you have somebody um, doing any audit into your system, or you have any somebody coming to edit the software or system problems, so they just try and go in an endorsement, not to uh, raise any um, kind of suspicion into the system. Right. Um, it's 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 multiple ways, and it. it as a person, I, I, I did cybersecurity for years, and I'm doing, like, now finishing my PhD in AI and artificial intelligence with enhancing cybersecurity. Why we started this is a new phase where um, hackers used it to attack our networks, attack our six systems. Why can't we use it? It's something we just started now, enhancing our system to use it. To use it to enhance, like instead of we go, we just put a system and said, okay, how can we analyze? We run a thousand algorithms to analyze the code, to do reverse engineering for us, to detect, predict what the problem from this code, predict a secure code for us. 
So this is kind of what it's all about machine learning. And machine learning is something it has, it can, right? Some people do think this machine learning, artificial intelligence will take over. It's not going to take over because what it is, it has to be learned, taught by something, which we give it algorithm, we teach it on a specific called data set. Data set is the knowledge, is it learned. Right. So if I give you a math, read numbers, and I said, okay, give me a number. It's basically you predict numbers. That's what it is, but it's the AI. You just learn from this, and you ask it a question, and it's going to predict something. Uh, like, for example, Chad GPT, you say, give me um, an essay for um, how good Fetcher College is, right? Right. It's going to give you, it's just going to write something to you. It's just a prediction. It predicts what are those informations are, but it's not going to be accurate. It's not 100% accurate. You might get it accurate, and that's what we call about AI and artificial intelligence, about the accuracy, how we measure and evaluate them based on the accuracy. Are they accurate or not? Again, when we use them in cybersecurity, it's not going to be accurate. Like if we scan it and use it, it's going to scan. It might, there's an virus and an endorsement that we say, okay, it's going to help us secure this. But we cannot take 100% uh, an answer from artificial intelligence. Yes, it's in a state of art, but it is still um, not very accurate or 100%. Rerouting back to now the cities that were attacked. In the aftermath that you saw, like you brought up with Strathroy, how did Strathroy bounce back from the cyber attack and how did they further implement a stronger firewall, for instance, to protect themselves from further attacks? Because that is a pretty scary thing for them to attack their technological infrastructure. Well, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's having a firewall and everything. It's not just mean you have, sometimes you will have those big companies, for example, like Sony's and big companies, they got hacked. They have the best state of art appliances, firewall, policy, GPO, servers, networks, systems, tools, employees. It just, it, it, the more dangerous is a person inside or person. Sometimes you will have persons inside the organization who are not trained. They are not um, aware of the cybersecurity. And that's why we have to educate people for cybersecurity awareness. Don't click on a phishing email. Don't click on a website. Don't download a website. Don't get a file from somebody you didn't expect. Because this is going to run through your server. Your firewall. If your firewall, if somebody sends you an email, you're going to open that email through your firewall. So you're going to open that. It's an email attachment. Right. And that's when you come into an endpoint security. You have an antivirus into the system. Uh, you have uh, a monitoring system to prevent any of this type of stuff from happening. So spending thousands and millions for a firewall and you have not trained your employees that is like basically you did nothing that is quite a, an interesting thing as well be going further it's like even regardless of it of it being part of like the big corps and stuff like that if we're going to narrow it down to the the average joe is the is the anti-malware software that's available to people like us who can go to best buy or you know any other technological store that offers you know mcfee or norton is that anti-malware software up to par with the software hack hackers utilize today yeah so um 
basically I some people they think going um to an organization and um, try to help to build their cyber security from scratch it just at a budget it's required a budget it's not you can hire somebody to do your cyber security you buy appliances and you walk away you need somebody to monitor this somebody comes like somebody again you don't know so you are a small company or a big company in middle of nowhere you don't know if somebody is actually trying to help your company and that's you will find those in the firewall log of somebody try to do something like do run DDoS attack to run um, do a, any type of buffer overflow to your network of uh, website injection. So you need somebody to keep maintain that the maintenance of it. it it's the more important. How big of a threat with technology as it's evolving, right? Software and cybersecurity. How big of a threat is it? in the future for cyber attacks on both municipalities and the average person? Um, there are, as you see, if we go 10 years ago, our phones, let's say 15 years ago, we don't have those smartphones. We didn't know about apps or you could control your house with like IoT services, which is internet um of everything like you control your tv from anywhere else you're out you could see your lids or switch lights off in your house you start your car everything is connected with the internet and that's the evolving technology the more service we create the more technology software application hard hard devices like a phone a computer a new software new uh, machine learning new ai Anything we create new, something to it, it has new vulnerability, new knowledge. So that's what hackers, they will do. They will say, oh, new something else. Let me try to find what the problem, how to abuse the system. And what we do when we create new technology, we create and we open more surface attacks. That means before, if you have only one laptop on one server, people, they will attack only one laptop on server. But now you have thousand new technology. You have phone, you have a tablet, you have um, a car, smart cars. You have the range of the attackers to, have, to attack which one. In the modern age, living online has left us somewhat defenseless as the tech hackers use evolves by the second. The best we can do to protect ourselves without relying on big corps is to protect and limit the information we give out when dealing with online services. That is it for this episode of Almost 107. I'm your host, Konstantin Ostrosos. A big thank you to Mansour Alkani for giving his expertise and his experience with dealing with cyber attacks and cybersecurity. You can find more episodes of Almost 107 online at our website or wherever you stream your podcasts. Till next time, thank you for listening.